Hey, one more thing before you go. In this episode, we're going to learn how to remove some of what's blocking your life from moving forward, how to find balance, ease, and flow, and how to clear the path to make those big decisions in your life or your business get a clear direction so you can confidently and positively move forward. I'm your host, Michael Hirsch, and this is The Thing About the Magic of Feng Shui. My guest in this episode is Jillian Rothschild Scholar. She's a classically trained feng shui expert who has been working in the private feng shui consultancy since 2010. She helps people who are feeling tormented with big big unanswered life questions, but are unable to choose which decision to go. So they're looking for someone they can trust to help them get clarity and move forward. She specializes in creating a unique partnership with her clients over time to awaken new possibilities in reaching personal and professional goals. As part of her classical feng shui work, she consults for both residential and business properties worldwide. Welcome to the show, Jillian. Thank you very much. I appreciate the introduction. It's lovely to chat with you. So I'd like to start back at the beginning. Where did you grow up? I was born and raised in Dayton, Ohio, the birthplace of aviation. <laughs> that's where the Wright brothers are from. It is, but that's a positive thing because look what it's done for the world. Yes, yes. Other than, I guess, other than the massive amounts of air traffic above us that we are really unaware of until you look at a skyscanner map. Yeah, the National Air Force Museum is in Dayton, Ohio, because that's where Wright Patterson Air Force Base is. That's where my dad worked and that's where I was born. And um, it's a it's a really interesting environment. Also, the Dayton Peace Accords were signed there. So it's just sort of like an interesting place to have grown up. Do you have um, any brothers, sisters? I have an older sister. And did you go to university while you were there? I did. I went to the University of Toledo and I studied international relations with a concentration in comparative European politics. Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) And I worked uh, in the office of admissions when I was there. I was also a resident advisor when I was on campus and after I graduated, I kind of looked at the people in the office of admissions and I was like, you have a really interesting job. How do I get your job? And so I pursued a career in college admissions for years. I mean, I was, I was in college admissions for 20 years. Wow. I lived in Los Angeles. I lived in Pennsylvania. I traveled all over the country. I worked for a number of different universities until I moved to Phoenix, Arizona for, for one of the schools I was working for. Uh, and that was really the first sort of step, official step into what I'm doing now. While I was in Los Angeles, I started exploring all kinds of alternative healing options. I was a little bit of a strange kid. <laughs> a little bit of a weird are, kid. Aren't we all? <laughs> We're all a little bit weird. Well, I was, I mean, I was into like fighting with my dad for the newspaper pages because the same page that had the horoscope had the crossword puzzle and I wanted the horoscope and he wanted the crossword puzzle. And so that was like the first memory I have of being interested in anything that was alternative or different or strange. So, um, if you will, for, I wasn't living in a pretty Mm -hmm. parochial environment. So to me, the horoscope seemed like very alternative. And then it was like, interested in herbs and healing and tarot cards. And so when I got to Los Angeles, I had my first exposure to Reiki and I started training with a master to do Reiki trainings uh, there. 
And then I, then I started going down like the help self-help path world of alternative healing um, and have a large library of wide variety of books. And in there, there was a feng shui book here and a feng shui book there. And I ended up with a book on Vastu and I couldn't, I could not figure out <laughs> to do that on my own. And so when I came to Phoenix, um, I decided that it was time to get some help because that was a point in my life when my career was not going where I expected it to go. And what, is that what, is that what got you interested in the, the quote Chinese metaphysical arena? Yeah. I mean, I had an experience at work. So I had moved with this company to Phoenix because I thought that I was on a sort of very specific trajectory with the company where I was going to grow and I was going to advance and things were going to move. I was sort of going to move up, if you will, within the organization. And then I didn't (laughs) by, by some magical surprise, I, things fell apart very quickly after I bought a house here in Phoenix, uh, where I currently live. And, um, I kind of looked around and I was like, things were going really well until I moved into this house. I wonder if it's the house. And so I reached out for some help and I hired a practitioner and, um, I did everything that I'm very task oriented. So this person gave me a list and was like, do all these 10 things. And I, you know, I did all these things and, and it was sort of like a zipper and just kind of went and the, everything kind of clicked together and the energy started to align and things started to get better. And, um, I was having better experiences at work and, and over time it started to really snowball into good things happening in my life. And, and my husband really bought into it when I got a bonus at work. Uh, it was like a pay bump and it had a, some extra zeros on the paycheck that we were not expecting. Um, so it was a very pleasant surprise to see extra zeros on that paycheck. And so that was when my husband was kind of bought in. He was like, Oh, there's money with this. So, okay, this is cool. So then I really Mm -hmm. started to study. Then I was like, well, I, you know, I can do this. I can totally do this. This is great. If I can do this, anybody can do this. So I started to study and practice. We've said Chinese metaphysical a couple different times. Yeah. Help us understand what Chinese metaphysical means. So Chinese metaphysics is sort of a large umbrella. Feng shui is one component of Chinese metaphysics. Um, So feng shui stands for wind, water. That's the translation. To me, feng shui is a support system for our lives. Feng shui is an ancient Chinese art and science that allows us to create harmony and balance within any environment. When we create harmony and balance, it lends support to our lives. So when our lives have support through our physical environment, it's just easier for us to achieve the things that we want in life, like well-being and abundance, love and happiness. And so what that means is that you have the ability to control how supportive your environment is in creating the life that you want right now. And that's what I do with my clients is we work together to identify what what's working, what's not working, what someone's goals are, and identify how to get into energetic alignment in the space using the principles of feng shui. In addition to that, there are other components to Chinese metaphysics like Chinese astrology um, and geomancy and Traditional Chinese medicines, I would not consider that to be a metaphysical component. I would actually consider that to be one of the five arts. So Chinese metaphysics is really under the five arts of of Chinese culture. Um, and traditional Chinese medicine is a component of that. So it when you put these together, then you get a much more holistic approach. So the historical component to feng shui is that it really stems from we call traditional Chinese medicine, but they don't call it traditional. It's just Chinese medicine, right? So... In Chinese medicine, if you ancient Chinese medicine, if you were not well, 
the master may come to your home to identify if there's something in the home that was also causing your illness. If it was too damp, if it was too dry, if it was too windy, if you were not sleeping in a favorable direction. Um, if there there's negative energy that's impacting the space so that you can't, you cannot be well. And so that's why a lot of times in classical feng shui, we will bring in other components in order to take a holistic approach to healing. So my work is classical feng shui. Um, and that ties nicely with acupuncture, um, qigong, Chinese medicine, uh, Chinese astrology, those types of things, divination. So that, as you said earlier, it's kind of a holistic approach. Yeah. But holistic as in W-H-O-L, whole body, whole, whole mind, whole soul. Yes. Whole environment. Yes. Everything kind of tied together. Yes. From that perspective. So when you say classical um, feng shui, what is, is, are there different feng shuis? There are definitely certain different perspectives on feng shui. It's just like you can be a doctor, but you could be a doctor of ophthalmology or a doctor of dermatology or a doctor of pediatrics, right? So there's different types of being a physician. So the just different lenses of how to look at a situation. So feng shui has roots in classical text, which is the approach that I take in my practice. And there are more Western or um, Tibetan Buddhist perspectives. So there's some called BTB, Black Hat, Tibetan Feng Shui, Western Feng Shui, Intuitive Feng Shui, that um, take a different approach to how to um, look at a space and what resources are used to make corrections if there are need corrections are needed. So in my training, I worked with a classical feng shui master who did oral training with her master who was born in China and has a specific lineage. Um, and so my lineage is the Wu Chong mastery lineage under Grandmaster Yap Shanghai. And that's interesting because they've allowed um, uh, us as an American culture, us as who we are, to kind of get involved in that lineage from a unique perspective, because typically, like you said, it's passed down from generation to generation. And it's like when I first started learning Kung Fu, it, it was something before Bruce Lee kind of really brought it to America. Unless you were Chinese, right. you didn't learn that. Right. And, you know, unless you were of Chinese lineage, you did not learn that. Right. And whether you were black, white, anything other than Asian, Chinese, that's what that's where it went. But I think the philosophies have kind of opened the doors for more awareness and for an opportunity for we as humanity to take these and put these in, in place. Don't yeah. you agree? Oh, absolutely. The cultural revolution made it really, in a lot of ways, destroyed so much information because books were burned and policies were set in place where, you know, we cannot do these things. And so there was like a diaspora. People left China and went to all different parts of Asia and parts of Europe in order to get away and brought this information with them. So what's newer to us here in the in America um, is actually not so new to, to other parts of Asia and Europe, right? Because we just don't live there. But with modern technology and the way that we've been able to travel the world in the last 50 years or more, there's been a greater accessibility to all of this information and understanding that these secrets of feng shui, if you will, are not just for the elite population or the emperors or the people that are in the higher uppermost echelons of class. That if if you can understand how to 
what the rules are, you can use them regardless of if you are the emperor or if you are a commoner. Um, and so it becomes much more accessible to us to apply even in a modern world. Which is a positive thing. Yeah. So let's break down feng shui. When I did it, we had a conversation before we started this interview with the fact that we we feng shui our part of our house when we first moved here and it helped to open up opportunity. I feng shui my office and it brought more opportunity to me and the doors opened for me expanding my professional life and it made my personal life more relaxed mm -hmm. because of that. So can, let's talk about, um, if you don't mind, let's talk about uh, what exactly is feng shui something. So there's a few reasons that people will look at feng shui. The top three reasons that people are, are calling for feng shui is because they have issues with health, wealth, or relationships. And, and there's two approaches. One is things suck and I need things to fit, be fixed so that my life can be better. Or my life is really good and I don't want it to go badly. And I don't want it to fall apart, which is what happened to me. My life was going great and it fell apart and I was like, what's going on? And so people will either want to be from a painful situation to transform to a better situation or they want to avoid being in a painful situation. That's the the crux of why we approach this resource. But traditionally, we're just talking about living the best life that we can, right? We're talking about ancient Chinese practice where they're just living on the land, assessing which part of the mountain to live on in order to make sure the, the crops can grow and we don't get sick and we can thrive. And so being in harmony and living in alignment with energy that's supportive to us is just going to make our lives better. So that's the whole purpose of why I see it as a support system for our lives. Um, so if you're somebody who wants to feel empowered, you want to feel a sense of confidence, you want to feel wellness, a sense of well-being, abundance, then feng shui is an amazing resource that is available for us to add into all of the things that we're doing. It's not, it, it doesn't make money fall out of the sky. It does, as you were saying, help open up opportunities when the alignment is effective. And for an example, um, give us an example of that. Like I, not to use my office as an example for, for this, but in this, in my particular instance, what we did, because I have a door that comes into my office. My desk is situated where we moved it over into a certain corner mm -hmm. of, the, of the room. And we, I look through the, through the door. And when I open the door, that's theoretically to bring in more luck and more business, right? Mm -hmm. um, there are certain things that I have in the wall or hanging from the ceiling that are supposed to uh, have a purpose. Each one of them have a purpose. So can we break down something like if you were going to feng shui an office, for example, or, or a room, how the move, where you put the furniture, where <laughs> you put something has a place and why? Yeah. So actually there's, in classical feng shui, what I'm actually doing is working with the orientation of the property as it sits on the land. So the first thing that I'm going to do is look on the exterior to see how the chi or the energy is being supported by the natural landforms. If there's a mountain, if there's a road, if there's a river, and then how that chi or that energy is coming into the space. So a door, a main door, front door, could be an interior garage door. And then, and then how that chi is flowing throughout the interior of the space to you, your space as an office, for example. So, 
And then we're going to then take it another level further in the work that I do to tailor it to you personally. So one of the things that I do in my practice is I incorporate Chinese astrology. So I will look at the person's birth date and time and location to assess the person's individual energy stamp. So when you're born, you're born with a sort of a stamp of energy, and we can use that as an audit component to help understand which which energy patterns are favorable for you and what you will vibrate with um, more consistently, what you'll align and we're, with. We're all born with it, right? Right, we're all born with it. The moment you're born, you come out of your mother's womb, that moment you're stamped with energy. And it's a two-hour window of time. So you have a year, a month, a day, and an hour that you're born. And so it's a two hour time because the Chinese clock is on a 24 hour clock. So it's a, um, it's a two hour window. And so millions of people are born at that time, right? But why is your life different than someone else's life? Because there's a concept of heaven, man, and earth. So heaven is like your destiny. It's, it's the energy that you're born with. You cannot change it. You cannot crawl back in your mother's womb and be born at another time. Earth is the feng shui. It's your environment. It's where you live. It's your spaces. It's where you go. And then human is your free will, the choices you make, um, the people you interact with. And so with these concepts, we can put them together to identify alignment that's favorable for you. So when I'm working with someone who has a home office, for example, I'm typically not going to just do the one room because there's a, in my practice, there's so much more Um, in terms of ways to access alignment. One of the systems that I really like is called Eight Mansions. And it essentially says that based on when you're born, you have been assigned to one of two groups. It's a little bit of a binary system. You're either an East Life group person or a West Life group person. And when we identify which group you're in, it also tells us which are your favorable and or unfavorable directions to use. So It could be that what you did naturally, Michael, is just turn your desk to a direction that is more favorable for you. And then when you do that, you are able to focus more. You're able to have better health. You have opportunities come to you. You're able to communicate better. Things stabilize um, depending on which direction we're using. Um, And it could be that the direction that you were using before was just sort of an energetic obstacle. And then, and so then your life becomes like a rubber band. It's like, it's tight, it's tight, it's stretched, it's stretched, it's stretched. And then as soon as you make a change, things snap into place, just like pop, it pops and the energy just releases. So you, then all of a sudden you, it feels like magic, right? It feels like I've just entered this slipstream of amazing information, uh, uh, energy and, and, and support. And I can just get right in there. And all of a sudden the opportunities are there. I call it a kick. So when things are, and that that can happen in any, not just business or it can happen in personal life as well as health. Correct health, wealth, relationships, right? And so there's a lot to it. My teacher is wonderful. And and she used to say, everyone always wants the whole enchilada, but sometimes all you get are the nachos. And (laughs) we're not usually building our dream homes from scratch anymore using feng shui. So sometimes we're limited to a good, a favorable door, a favorable uh, bedroom, a room to sleep in, a favorable direction to use for our office. The kitchen is extremely important. So having a stove that is situated properly. Those are some of the basic components that I do in my, my classical practice. And then there's amazing wealth formulas that can be built in to address all of the things around health, wealth, and relationships um, that are needed based on what the goals are for the client. Now, what happens if you come into a kitchen and um, obviously you can't move a stove? I mean, 
theoretically you can, but you know, you have a, um, I've been in, in homes where you have an electric stove. Those are easy to move. But I've also been in homes like this one who, that has a gas stove. Mm-hmm. So in reality, you can't really, without going through a major overhaul, yeah. you, you, so are there workarounds for things like that? Sure, of course. And, and, and it depends on what the situation is, right? So sometimes the stove is what we call mixed luck, meaning it's not detrimental, but it's not super helpful. And depending on what the situation is, the client can decide whether or not they want to make a change. But if something is dire, right? If it, sometimes I don't, I get big issues, big bankruptcy and divorce and relationship stuff. And people are usually dealing with some kind of significant issue when they're calling me for classical feng shui. Um, and so sometimes what I say to clients is like, we have to stop the bleeding. It's like hemorrhaging. You have to stop the bleeding in order to be able to heal, right? So sometimes it's just stop using the stove and let's give you a temporary stove, like a countertop, little two burner stove. If you're somebody that doesn't need to cook for 30 people at a time, right? And just get something situated so that you can activate better energy, stop the bleeding and activate something more favorable. Um, so it's it's a temporary solution. It's a little bit like medicine, right? So sometimes I say to my clients, take your medicine, don't sleep in the room you're sleeping in. We need to sleep you in a different room um, and we need you to turn your direction so that things get better. And then when things get better, you can, you can sleep. You feel amazing when you get some sleep you can think more clearly, you can make better, more confident decisions about how to proceed forward when you can just start feeling supported by the energy around you. And the placement, the placement within those rooms is important. It can be. Right. Yeah. Like where the bed is, where the dresser is, where yep. the, sure. the mirrors are, for example. Yes. Like yes. And all of it is, all of it is important. Um, some of it more significant than others. So in my practice, Color and aesthetics is not as significant to me as the energetic alignment where, cause I'm not an interior designer and I do not want your house to look like a Chinese antique store. So I do not work with trinkets, tchotchkes, objects like money frogs or food dogs or Kowloon. I, those are things that I, that, that just in my classical feng shui practice, I find are not really effective at activating the energy that is needed to be activated in order to get out of a really challenging situation or yeah, fix a big problem. But do you use stuff like I Ching? And, I do. Uh, yeah. Divination. So that is one of, one of the components under Chinese metaphysics. So I do work with the I Ching or I Ching or I Ching, however word you want to, how you want to pronounce it. I also, um, one of the systems I really love is called Qimen Dun Jia, which is, the loosely translated as the mysterious doors hiding the jaw, typically understood to be the, uh, it's like Warcraft. It was used for search for strategic Warcraft initially. And that's how it was um, started to be used. But now we're sort of using it in modern life for business and other things that we're waging war against or trying to understand the hidden things going on in a situation. So the I Ching is like opening the third eye or something. It's, no, it's it's a chart. I mean, just like the I Ching, like you throw the coins and you get some information in terms of a divination. You ask a question, mm-hmm. you can ask a question using this other system and get a lot of details, um, sort of amazing details about what is going on behind the scenes, um, where your place is in the situation, what your goals are, um, and some pretty accurate forecasting on what can you can expect to happen. Like I just did mm-hmm. this just yesterday with a friend of mine in Mexico who was so sweet and called me and said, I have a friend who wants to invest some money in 
a project with the government and here's the situation. And we, you know, she's wondering if this is a favorable investment for her and the chart very clearly when you know how to read a divination chart indicated that this was not going to be a favorable project. It's um, it's sort of a rigged government program and she was going to get scammed and she would not be able to make her money back. Um, And that can be incredibly valuable if you're going to invest thousands of dollars in something. Is that something you need to be in in present, like one on one? You need to be in the person's house or office. Nope. I just I'm I need to know the person who's asking the question. I need to know some some information about when they're born or the person that we're asking about when they're born, and wherever the person is in the world that's asking the question, what time it is in their time zone, right? So if someone is calling me from Mexico and they're in a different time zone, I need to know what time it is from where they called from, or if they're in New York or Europe. Um, So it's it's the energy aligns with where that person is, right? So the the chart is stamped, the divination is thrown based on where they are when they ask that question. That's interesting. And the, the listeners can't see your face, but you you talk about this and you talk about doing that and you you like light up. Yeah. So oh, I'm super energy passionate the, about it. And I the, and it works. It's like I love it. Yeah, it uh, it really kind of it shows actually. So these tools help us to uh, kind of get a balance. And I believe in mind, body, soul balance. And my listeners don't understand that because it's helped me to manage my health in, in, in a very positive way, actually. Yeah. So I believe in that. So these tools can help you create that environment, right? Absolutely. I've, I've, whole, I've experienced it for myself. I've, I worked with my spouse and gotten out of some challenging situations on, over time. Um, and having good feng shui doesn't mean that things, um, don't come up. It means that when there are challenges, you have resources, you have support, you have opportunities to, to get help, to get out of a situation, to have a more favorable outcome, um, to thrive, to feel better and to be able to put these tools together using multiple perspectives. So for example, if someone is dealing with a health issue, of course, I'm going to address the feng shui. I'm going to look at the Chinese astrology to find out if there's an imbalance of energy in the chart, how to tie the feng shui into that. And I may even throw a divination chart to see if there's something else that I need to know about the situation. Is is this person working with a proper practitioner? Maybe the physician is not qualified, or maybe the Western medicine is not going to be the 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 thing that helps the best. Maybe it's something else. Um, is there a different city that person should go to? There's a million ways to look at these charts and get, get support. So I feel like it's, it's a great way to integrate some things that, that may be effective for people. Um, as long as they're willing to work with it. Right. Because feng shui is not a one-time event. I work with well, my clients and, over time. And I, and I think that, you know, you're, your typical, um, I, I don't know if you would call it the typical perception of feng shui when somebody hears it, especially individuals that even know just a little bit about it. Um, they think it's just moving your furniture around in your house. Yeah. That's the typical stigma around feng shui, not understanding that it affects all aspects of your life. It does. No matter and, what it happens to be. Yep. And and this is part of what I do a lot is sort of debunking myths or miss, not necessarily misinformation, but information that doesn't align with classical perspective. So, and, and I know this because this is how I started. I started with Western feng shui. And for me, that, that path didn't hold. 
And while I was practicing that, I also kind of was like, there's gotta be more to this. This can't, this doesn't even make sense to me. There has to be more. So that's when I started digging into classical feng shui and practicing it for myself and testing it for myself. So if I say to a client, I need you to listen to this recommendation. My recommendation is to use a temporary stove because you're dealing with these XYZ issues. And in order to address these XYZ issues, the stove is not helping you. Let's do temporary stove. And I've used a temporary stove for myself. I can say to a client, I've tested this for myself and this is how it works. And this is why. So they need to be willing to participate. You had mentioned that the Western function in in the classical, Mm -hmm. um, what's the difference? So with Western feng shui or intuitive feng shui and typically BTB feng shui, the map that is known out there in the world, which is called the Bagua, um, which is the eight colored squares that you see, that's also known as the life aspirations map that says that there's a money corner and a relationship corner and a wealth corner of your home. That is applied based on the door and it's always the same in that perspective. In classical feng shui perspective, we're using the actual orientation of the property based on the chi flow. So it's going to be um, changed based on the orientation of the house, um, not just the door. And that's really the pivotal core. I mean, there's much more to it, but that's one of the core components is that it's not always the same. Because if your house faces west and you lay the Bagua map on, that's going to give you one result. But if your house faces north, you may get something completely different. Hey, don't go away. Michael Hurst here, your host. I have some exciting news to share with you. My favorite person listening. Yeah, you. You've heard us on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and so many more. You've heard us in 59 countries and growing, and I'm very, very grateful for that. You've learned about it in my documentary film of 2011, and you've been listening since January 2020. Now you can experience at a new level on YouTube. We're still here on your favorite listening platforms and always will be. This is a bonus to experience the personal journeys, the words never said, the answers you've been looking for. We have some fantastic guests, compelling personal stories, unique perspectives, and more. So please subscribe. It's free. Or follow us. It's also free. Catch up on your favorite episodes prior to the official launch, August 6, 2021. Please pass it on to your friends. We'd love to have them experience it just as well, either on this podcast or on YouTube. And download our exclusive app for iOS or Android. Yes, we have an app for one more thing before you go. Bring us with you compliments of Superpass, our sponsor. Find it in the App Store and in Google Play. Superpass, take your business online, create a website and app instantly, share your content, take your business to a whole new level with an entertainment and contact hub in the palm of your hand. Find out more before you go podcast.com. Superpass. And don't forget to join our private VIP membership club with amazing exclusive benefits. Remember, the 100th episode here on this podcast is simultaneously premiering on YouTube August 6th, 2021. What are you waiting for? Join the conversation. That all kind of reflects to how the energy moves within the house. Right. And how so, it fits for you, for your energy, because I do really well in this house. I've, I've functuated it for myself. I've aligned it for my energy. The next people that come into this house may have a different experience because their so energy is going to be different, even though the house has not changed. So if you feng shui something, like if you come into my house right now and you go, okay, well, this needs to change. That needs to change. We need to do this. We need to do that. We follow all these steps. 
I obviously I don't work outside the house, but let's say I do work outside the house. When I leave this environment, then when I walk out, does that energy, positive energy stay with me or or does that positive energy kind of fade away with them when I went into like say an office environment? It definitely stays with you and you're also adding another layer of your office. So I spent 20 years in corporate America. And I, when I started learning about feng shui, even though I knew I had taken care of the feng shui in my home, it has some limitations. I'm also at effect mm-hmm. of the space that I'm in, whether it's a Starbucks or an office or a We're conference center, it. right? So I used to say to my boss, I'm telling you, if you sit me at a specific direction, my production will, will tank. But if you sit me in this direction, I'm telling you, my production will be consistent and I will, I will perform well for you. And, and we're in cubicles, right? And I can't tell you how many times my coworkers would say, they moved our desks and my production went down the pooper. And now I'm frustrated. And I'm not getting along with my boss. And I'll be like, well, tell your boss you need to change your desk. And I I mean, I wish that I had been able to be in a position where I could say to the, like the powers that be, just let me align everybody and everything will be better. <laughs> but that's not- Just let me in. Open right the door. In. Bring me in. Just let me do it. Yeah. And so I was like the only person on the team. My boss used to say this to me. You're the only person on the team, Jillian, that gets to pick their desk. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm telling you. And and I got to pick my desk because I knew how to put, situate myself so that I could be productive. And I was there for a long time, very productive. This is a very serious issue, but I think I need to ask this just because the, I'm a little ornery in some areas. So if you wanted to mess with your boss, you could go in and really realign his office in a different way and mess up his feng shui. Oh, for sure. But that's that's bad karma. <laughs> that's nasty feng shui. I'm not doing nasty feng shui. You know, the uh, whole aim is to just check better people's lives. No. Oh, exactly. It it you know it feng shui has helped me in my life, and we're not completely feng shui from my professional. We've done it amateur wise, and you know we've had some advice and had done certain things within our lives, and I can attest to the fact that it has benefited my life as well. And my wife's life um, and our kids have gone on to kind of do the same thing with with theirs when they they say oh this isn't working that's not working it's like well because you need to change this we recognize that the energy i wholeheartedly believe in chi chi energy of the universe energy within the world at our feet in the in the ground in the trees in everything around us and there's positive energy and there's negative energy and you can attract one or the other in, in regard to that, sometimes you have to block one in order to achieve the other. And this, it's a very positive thing. I mean, all jokes aside, I made, I made a little joke because I, it, somebody may ask, you never know. Um, but it, it's a very serious aspect of putting your life in a positive path to success in areas of health and well-being and relationship and business and it, and it could be done obviously you would have to attack each one of those things individually correct yes and no yes and no right so because i work with classical formulas a lot of times the, the classical formulas have overlap so if someone says to me i'm calling you because my relationships aren't where i want them to be whether it's business or personal or both right and they work from home Maybe they have a franchise. Maybe they have an office that they go to. When we work with the energy in the home, it can impact a wide variety of areas. So for example, I have a client who has a, a home office and in the middle of the pandemic sent me 
where they live and helped them identify the hot spots of the house for them to spend time in, in order to boost their businesses. And the main focus was dealing with the sort of man of the house, if you will, because he was the focus because he's the breadwinner and he's the one with the bigger issue. But the residual effect is that not only did his business grow, his relationships got better, his wife had benefit. I'm not only addressing one component, I'm looking at all of the pieces as a multifaceted, like a, like a jewel, if you will, like a multifaceted jewel. I'm like polishing it, ident- you know, turning it, making changes, cutting it the right way so that the energy can line up and all the energy can refract and it looks really beautiful. Um, so even though a client may say to me, my primary goal is to boost my business. That's great. And in order to boost your business, you may need your relationships to be better. So I have to, sometimes I'm not, I'm not just helping people with opportunities on money. Money doesn't fall out of the sky when you do feng shui, you do have to take action. And sometimes that action is being able to have opportunity to talk to somebody or having, um, having supportive people around you or being healthy. Like if a client says to me, I want to have a baby, that's really important to me. And we can, we can look and see in the Chinese astrology that it, their timing may be right, but this person may not be healthy. We've got to address the health issue before the baby can come. So sometimes what we're doing is giving people what they need, not necessarily what they say that they want. When you deal with Chinese astrology, um, I know that I've looked at my Chinese astrological chart and I've looked at my Western astrological chart. How do those differ? They're, they're very different because, well, so Western astrology is not my area of expertise. However, right. Um, my understanding of Western astrology is it really is about the planets and the stars and the things that are, can be seen. But from a four pillars of destiny, Chinese astrology perspective, we're looking at the unseen energy that was that stamped on, on you based on when you're born that is part of the universe. So we're talking about the, the elements that compose the universe and that we use in feng shui. The five elements are water, wood, fire, earth, and metal, how they balance or, or not in your chart and the patterns that are laid out how you will interact with that energy through time, not just the stars as we are able to view them. Right. So my experience is that it's also much more comprehensive and can be can really be dialed down to specific timing for things that are important. Yeah, and four pillars of destiny that we you've spoken about it since we've started the conversation. I mean, that's really interesting that that um, our approach to life at least from the Eastern perspective, um, they show a balance between work and personal. It, it, well, most of Europe actually shows more of a balance between personal and work than we do here in America. It, that's why they take six-week holidays and you know we get a week or... Well, right, or we're in a capitalist society. It's a completely different kind of working environment. It, yeah. Exactly. So it's, you know, they, they, they're able to kind of get a work-life balance where where it allows somebody to reflect upon that in that four pillars of destiny, I'm assuming kind of all come into play. I had a conversation, if I can interject this, maybe you can help me understand this a little more. I had a conversation with a, um, with a, a woman that is Chinese and um, she uh, moved to Australia, but she was telling me that when she was young, her father brought home, um, brought home the book and went through and said, this is your destiny. And it was all laid out. She said, you, you, this is, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. And, you know, you're going to, you're going to die when you're, four, um, this is, I'm just throwing numbers, but you're going to die when you're 45 and, you know, but you have an opportunity to change that destiny. 
So is is that um, is that something that takes place within that environment on like that on a regular basis? Sure. So we can look at a four pillars destiny chart and see at a very high level the energy pattern and what we can predict could expect to happen. So for example, with with women always want to know like when they're going to get married. I can look at a chart and see this is when the timing looks right when a relationship would show up that looks like a marriage. This is when the timing shows up when it looks like this is more of a boyfriend. And people can have more than one of those on a chart. Many boyfriends, many marriages, and you also have free will. So you can say, I might have a third marriage in my chart, but I'm not doing this a third time. Like I did it twice. I'm not doing it again. And so you still always have free will and the feng shui comes into place. So even someone who has an amazing chart, if the feng shui is not as good uh, to support that energy, then the opportunities will not come as quickly. So there's this whole concept that like the things that are meant for you may go around the world to get to you or not. Right. So based on the choices that you make, the alignment that you make with the energy around you, um, your attitude, right. Your, the intentions Mm -hmm. of things that you do, how you carry yourself, it all is encompassed. My experience is that the clients that resonate well with the things that I do are people who understand that there are a this is a piece of the puzzle. It's not everything. They're co-creating their life. They're working with intentionality. They're, they're taking the action behind the things that they say that they want. Um, they're using their resources. They're allowing for their well-being. Um, they, they're focusing on their alignment and um, they're comfortable they're comfortable with making change because right. in order to flow freely, you need to adapt to change. Energy is always in motion. You can decide if you want to go with that energy or if you want to, you know, you want to let the boat go down the stream or if you want to row up the stream, you get to choose that. Which is a good thing. So it's like having balance in your life. Yeah. So how, how important is having balance in our lives? I think it's very important. And this is, this is what we're talking about. This is the Chinese art and science that allows us to create harmony and balance within an environment. So if things are out of balance or things are too extreme, then the behaviors show up that are unfavorable or, or not in alignment with the things that you want. When well, people it, misbehave, it's typically because they're charged out of balance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> so, we as individuals, are there any tools or opportunities that we can kind of put into place you know, like immediately before we call in an expert uh, to help us kind of function our environment in a particular way? Or is that something that we would need to call in somebody as an expert like you? Well, I have two types of clients. One type of client that doesn't even want to pick up a book. They don't want to know. They, they don't have time. <laughs> they don't have time to do the research on their own. And then I have a good chunk of clients that are naturally a little bit intuitive. They naturally are doing some of this on their own. Maybe they're reading a a few feng shui books and they're sort of testing it for themselves and then get to a point where they're like, I don't get it. Something isn't right. I read this book and I'm I'm not understanding because this one says something different and nothing is ever in a book. It's not all in a book. I promise because I spent a year and a half doing private mentoring, learning stuff that's not in a book. So it's never all going to be in the books that are out there. And so you sort of get to a point where this is why you call a doctor because you can't, sometimes you cannot self-medicate. You can't see the forest through the trees. You need someone to look at things through a, def- a different lens and a fresh perspective. The masters never give away all their secrets. No. <laughs> they, ne- they never do. 
And when I look on the internet, there's so much information about feng shui out there. As as a practitioner, I'm amazed about what people put out there because some of it really is deep, powerful information. A lot of it really is out there if you have the time and the wherewithal and you know where to look and you can start to put the pieces together yourself. But after studying this and working for over a decade, I think that that's extremely time consuming. (laughs) At some point, you have to decide what your time is worth. Well, yeah, that's not only time consuming is you may not always get it right. You might not I mean, get it right. yeah. you know, being able to kind of pull this together. So if you if you came in, for example, if I become a client of yours, how long does it take for you to straighten out what we're working with, for example? So it, it just just to give our listeners an example of what the time frame is, it's not you said it's not an overnight thing. It's something that takes time. So you were going to come into my house. Uh, let's say I want to work on my health. I want to work on my wealth, mm-hmm. and um, like that. How? What's the process? So, the first part process is that we spend time in a discovery session. So I usually spend time on the phone with my client, talking about what you've done, what's working, what's not working, what the challenges are, what your goals are, who's involved. If it's just you, if it's family, children, spouses, parents. Um, if if it's an employment if it's an employment issue so if there's a boss or if there's employees involved and and all the things that are going on that are meaningful to the client that happens first right. then i then i make a recommendation based on the services that i offer about what i would suggest as a, a path forward and then if we agree that there's a fit then we schedule a consultation consultations can be done in person ideally that's the best way to do them they can be done some of them can be done remotely based on how how significant the issues are and how motivated the clients are. Once on site, if I'm there in person, I can take a direction with a Chinese compass called Lopan. And that helps me map out and audit the space and energetically. So you can get some um, idea of what's working, what's not. And then from there, I can make some recommendations about changes to be made. So once I make recommendations for changes, I also add date selection because feng shui is location, location, location. And date selection is timing is everything. And then when you put them together, then the results get stronger, often accelerate them a little faster because your goal is to get from point A to point B. Not only can I see how to get you to point B, but I can also usually see beyond. So date selection is very helpful in that. And I work with clients usually for the first 30 days or so after an initial consultation with questions, as you're making changes, you have concerns, talk about how things are working. And I usually ask clients to at least test something for 90 days, especially before making a big change. I'm not going right. to say, I'm not going to walk in a room and say, tear down this wall. Like that doesn't, that's not the kind of practice practice I have. I'm usually finding practical solutions for things to te- to be tested first. Then when we assess that that is working, then we can talk about a more permanent solution. If the property is going to be in a, something that the person wants to stay in, the temporary solution that I'm asking someone to test may be, like I said before, just to stop the hemorrhaging so that we can right. see clearly and then and then assess whether or not this is something that needs to be long-term or if there can be other changes made. Then once we're there, I meet with my clients annually because the energy changes every year. Um, and it mo- moves in a very specific and predictable pattern. So we can identify year to year how your energy is going to be impacted by the energy visiting your home in specific areas of your home or your office so that we can make any fine-tuning that needs to ha- happen in order to align year to year if, if it's needed. Cause sometimes energy is super favorable and sometimes not. And you need to know that in advance so that you can be prepared as energy shifts. Um, 
And so sure. that's why I meet with my clients on an annual basis. And that's why I think it takes time. So like, um, so like short-term goals and long-term goals. Yeah. Sometimes the short-term goal is just getting you to sleep. <laughs> just like, <laughs> just get a good night's sleep for a little bit. And then I can think more clearly. And then, and then year to year, your goals change, right? One year you may be thinking about how to build your business and make more money. And the next year you may feel like you want to travel. The next year you may be like, I'm ready for a relationship and I want to bring, I want to bring in a romance into my life. And maybe you're making changes because a child went on to college and you're empty nesting and those kind of emotions happen. And so this is part of the life cycle of, of helping people with their lives is we're dealing with everything under Chinese metaphysics really deals with everything under the umbrella of life. Um, nothing is perfect all the time, but you have the ability to control based on your free will and the feng shui about two thirds of the things that happen. And your attitude is a huge component of that. So when you can sleep, when you feel better, you're more positive. You just naturally attract more good stuff into your life. Well, I, and I can help your not only your your mental health, but your physical health as well. Your physical health, your spiritual health, right. your your behavior, your interactions, your communications, and and then it starts to start to. This is you know it's not magic, but it feels mm-hmm. like it when there's all these synchronicities that happen, and you're like, oh, I just I was at the right place in the right time, and I met this right person, and. And that's great. That's destiny, right? You're, I'm sorry, that's fate. That's, you know, things happening at the right time. But then destiny is you choosing to then call that person, right? Follow up with that person, take that person to coffee and develop a relationship with them and so forth. So things that are are meant for you are fated. Your destiny is what you create. Do you think age has anything to do with it? Sure. So in Chinese astrology, um, there are what are called 10-year luck pillars, so as you go through your life, your life is broken up into 10-year sections um, at varying breakpoints, if you will, where the energy shifts. And so you can look back on your life and go, when I turned 25, I got into this amazing job. And for the next 10 years, things were great. I made money. I grew in my company. I met my spouse. Things were great. And then when I turned 45, I got sick. I moved. I It just didn't go well. And so there are periods in your life when things may go better than others. Um, So I totally believe in that. We were talking about if age plays a factor. Age does play a factor. So a couple of reasons. One is everything that you've lived through will influence who you are. So in your four pillars of destiny chart, your energetic breakdown shifts every 10 years based on a particular breaking point. So you can look back at your life and say, when I was 25, I did really well. I had a great job. I made money. I got married. I started a family. Things were going really well. And then when I turned 45, my health declined. I moved into a different space. Things were not going well for me. Maybe we, I got a divorce and things can happen, right? And so age definitely has a component because as you go through life, you encounter different energy, different points. And that's also going to affect your feng shui. So there's multiple components to it. If you had a traumatic event as a child, even though it's over, it's still going to impact the lens that you see the world through. And and it may have shaped who you are and the environment that you're in and the jobs that you do and things that you encounter. And the positive stuff too. Maybe you had an amazing experience as as a young adult. And that also carries you through 
the choices that you make, the places that you go, the people you hang out with, the choices, the, the things that you do. So age absolutely has a factor. Can can you make adjustments even if you're older? Sure. You've made it through 100% of your life doing really well. And if you want to create some some additional stability, knowing that as we age, we only have so much chi, <laughs> we want to retain as much of it as we can and, stay, and live live a good life for as long as we can. It's not just about living to 120. Sometimes it's... It's a quality of life. It's a quality of life. Feeling that you can be independent for as long as possible. You can be healthless for as long as possible. Um, that can be meaningful for people. Because also people will retire and then a, a few years after retirement be like, this is actually my passion. So I'm looking forward in my life and I have another 15 or 20 years that I can be, that I can thrive. And what can I do with that time? You don't have to be slave to a corporate America. I can do X, Y, Z that I feel like I want to do and, and, and be confident about that and feel, feel supported in making those choices. Yeah, that's, a, that's a positive thing. So you can make changes in your life no matter what age you are. Absolutely. Which is a good thing. Um, I think that everybody has the opportunity to uh, create their own destiny. Even after retirement, I had to, from my own perspective, I my career was law enforcement, and I was on route. Most everybody that I work with that has either worked with me or under me, or, or like beside me, or under me as a sergeant, um, uh, went on to be commanders and chiefs and assistant chiefs and and so forth. And they moved on. Mine stopped abruptly, which my my audience kind of understands that that journey. But I had to reinvent my life after that and what was I going to do with it and how to move forward and I was stuck for a little while with it because you know you go through anger and depression and little um, why me syndrome but hey you always have an opportunity to move forward and um, you can make a choice in life was what you were saying earlier you have a choice you have free will and you can choose to move forward so you can see in someone's chart very clearly if they're going through a hard time like and it's it's really challenging as a practitioner because I'm looking at someone's chart and I'm going I can see that this is hard for you. I can see that this is really difficult. And I just, sometimes I want to say to them, if you can just hang on for a couple more years, things are going to get so much better, but you're just in a crappy time right now. And, and so Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that we can't help them, right? Let's get you some resources. Let's get you some support while you're in this. But sometimes I just want to say to somebody like, it's going to get better. Just hang in there and let's get you some support while we can. Now, do you do you do like for example the charts that you mentioned? Do you do the charts individually, or do you do the charts in conjunction with, um, like the feng shui and everything else? Yeah. So when I do, well, so both. The answer is both, and I can certainly do a Chinese astrology four pillars of destiny analysis reading for someone, and that it, that involves someone coming with specific questions about their life, um, wanting to know themselves better, wanting to understand why something has happened in the past, how to move forward from a situation. Um, perhaps it's timing for a job, uh, selling a house, having a family, getting married. Um, and that timing can be pretty specific and charged. Mm-hmm. And, and because of the work that I do in feng shui, it is packaged into a consultation because I, I, I they need to be come together. Actually. One of my, my favorite early European classical feng shui practitioners, um, that I did his training, he was sweet man. He said, any classical feng shui practitioner worth their salt will do four pillars of destiny. And, and I didn't really understand why until I got into it. So it is something that I will incorporate into a a comprehensive package for clients. Well, let's talk about that. So you, 
your your business is feng shui in motion. Yes. So how did that come about? Well, I thought I was clever when I started learning about feng shui and I started understanding how energy moves. I was like, oh, feng shui is in motion. Okay, that's going to be the name of my business. I just thought I was witty and clever. Well, and then it's, it's clever. It is yeah. clever. And over time, I realized how meaningful that is to me because I just, that was sort of a impromptu perspective on how to name a business. But it really is reflective of the work that I do and how my practice has grown to understand that people grow, goals change, energy shifts, um, people evolve, and, and we need to adjust to the energy and align with it as it moves so that we can be better and we can grow and we can feel a sense of well-being and abundance and happiness, have the things that we want. Um, See, the universe spoke to you because it knew where you needed to be. Yeah. I have a little, I have a little bit of intuition in my chart. <laughs> Once I started listening to it, it got a lot easier. So in that practice, what is your mission? I help people accelerate to where they're going and get clarity so they can move forward confidently. So my mission is to help people get clarity. That's always a positive thing because sometimes clarity is the answer to moving forward yeah. or staying where you're at. Yeah. Because in reality, that gives you, you know, clarity gives you a choice. I feel like clients like people like options. <laughs> people want to know what their options are. And I, sometimes I have multiple options on, on a pathway on how to get to where you want to go. And sometimes there's only one. So then you get to choose if you want to go down that path. And my job is to assess the situation, sure. what your goals are, and recommend a path to get there. I, sometimes I think of myself like a GPS device. You know, I'll say to a client, here's where you want to go. Here's point, you're here at point A. You want to get to point B. Here's the fastest path to get there. And then a client will make a wrong turn and I'll have to like readjust and be like, well, no, no, let's get back on track. <laughs> and so sometimes I feel like a little GPS device helping them get to where they want to go. So <laughs> I'm really accelerating people's results to where they want to go. This works. Turn left now. <laughs> today, you need to move your bed tomorrow, not today, tomorrow. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So the how did, does spiritualism of any type play into Chinese metaphysics? Well, so there is Taoism that is part of Chinese culture, and there's a little bit of a myth that, that feng shui is a religion. I'm a nice Jewish girl from Ohio. <laughs> What's a nice Jewish girl from Ohio doing? With feng shui? It's not a religion. So there are spiritual and Taoist practices that are components that can be incorporated. Um, but I find that the bulk of my clients, while they may have a religious um, life that they subscribe to, most of my clients are also spiritual in some way. That there are spiritual aspects to what we're doing with feng shui because we're calling into the energy from the heavens. We're calling into the energy of the earth. We're calling into our own minds and our own sensibilities and connecting them so that we can have an open channel. It's a little bit like acupuncture. Sometimes I call feng shui like acupuncture for the house. When you open up the channels, the energy can flow. So we're just helping you get into alignment with more favorable channels that are open so that the energy can come together. Well, if, when you talk about this, I see your face. Like I said earlier, your face kind of lights up. So what inspires you about this and helping people? I love it when people have good results. I mean, it because I, I know what it feels like to be to feel crappy. I know what it feels like to be confused or overwhelmed or not understanding what happened or feeling disappointed or heartsick or 
a sense of loss. And I also know what it feels like to come out on the other side. And so when clients tell me, hey, Jillian, I didn't believe in feng shui and I'm so glad you came because I had the best night's sleep that I've had in five years. Like that's meaningful to me. It's incredible to me when my clients call me and say, I'm so glad that you came, that I had you come out, that we did the whole whole package because now my business is growing and I have opportunities and I'm, you know, I'm managing more money than I've ever managed before. Or uh, I moved my bed and, you know, I found a relationship and now I, you know, I'm enjoying life more and I have a companion or my relationship with my kids is better. So, you know, wealth is not always about dollars in the bank. It is for some people, but wealth is also can be good health. It can be good relationships. It can be a sense of independence. When, when someone who I meet is a hoarder and working with a psychotherapist, cause I'm not a therapist and, and decides I want to bring in feng shui to support me in this process and is now living a, a completely different life. Like that's amazing. So I know that the work that I'm doing is impactful for people where they're at. Right. And, and that's a part, I mean, it, that can only be positive yeah. because people, I can say this from personal experience, you know, like you said earlier, wealth is not always money. No. Wealth is the value and the quality of life that you have and those around you that share in that life. And, and that is, is the real meaning of wealth. Yeah. You can have money, you can have friends, you can have health, but you can have an exceptional opportunity for each one of those to work together. That quality of life encompassing it all yeah. is your wealth, in my opinion. I totally agree. And I feel like if people want to feel a sense of empowerment, they want to feel a sense of wellness, they want to feel confident in their lives, a sense of freedom, connectedness on, on so many different levels, they should consider the significance of their physical environment. Exactly. 100%. How can somebody find you if they want to find out? That's Someone wants to keep the good energy flowing. <laughs> exactly. Feng Shui in Motion can be found on my homepage, FS in Motion, Feng Shui, FS in Motion.com. I'm also on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Twitter's not my jam. I don't, I don't hang out on TikTok so much. <laughs> I, I yeah I tried TikTok once and I think I'm too old for TikTok. I just not my thing. I don't know. Everybody sort of has their thing, and I do enjoy all this. I, I do unfortunately get drawn into it watching all the little clips, especially the ones with the talking dogs and the, <laughs> and the talking cats. But it's a thing that I I get and I start swiping, and my wife's going, "What are you laughing at?" Wait, I said, "I got to share this with you." She said, "No, I'm not getting drawn in. Thanks." <laughs> And then about an hour later, I go, okay, I got to stop this. I know. Yeah. And so that, that's sort of not my thing because I, I am in, in my chart, I would much rather like read study or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'd rather read a book or study something or practice something or. Well, there you go. Yeah, so that's just, um, this is different. This is one more thing before you go. So is there anything that you'd like to share? Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. So one of my favorite quotes of all time is when you touch someone's heart, the fingerprint lasts a lifetime. I actually wrote it on my, my walls as a child. I wrote quotes on my walls. I've, like I said, it was a little bit of a weird kid. And so I feel like incorporating feng shui is a great way to make sure that when you're touching people, you're touching people with kindness and compassion. That's profound. 
I appreciate those. I will make sure that all the links to contact you and to learn more about Feng Shui uh, are in the show notes and uh, how to find you on Facebook and Instagram as well. And Jillian, thank you very much for an amazing conversation today. I really appreciate everything that you share with the world and moving people's lives in a very positive way. You do have one more thing to say before you go because you help people move forward in a good way. Thank you. I enjoyed our conversation. We'll do it again. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. That's beforeyougopodcast.com. Tell your story, share your expertise, contribute to the blog, and subscribe to the newsletter. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform. And one more thing before you go, have a nice day, have a nice week, and thanks for listening. One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life podcast, is a creation of One More Thing Productions, established 2010, all rights reserved.